So last time on the travel, we had been confronted with men with guns again. We'd got a bunch of cheap pesos or dollar result, and that resulted in a lot of uh, cheap vino uh, from the local supermarkets. And from there, it's, well, spoiler alert, Argentina basically became the cheapest country that we visited in, in terms of day-to-day -day living as a result of these peso uh, as a result of this dollar result, the, these pesos, which was awesome. Uh, the great thing about Buenos Aires, I mean, there's many great things about Buenos Aires. Uh, first of all, it's an incredible city. It's architecturally fantastic. Apparently, uh, all of the big boulevards, all of those sorts of things were based on Paris. So if you've been fortunate enough to have been to both cities, uh, Paris and Buenos Aires, you'll probably find similarities there as well. The great thing about Buenos Aires though, that made it so special for us was the hostel. Now, if you listen to this and you've been to a hostel before or you've been on a holiday and you've stayed in a, a great hotel, you'll know sometimes, even if the place wasn't great that you visited, that if the hotel or wherever that you stayed, if your accommodation was good and you met some great people, that normally means that you probably enjoyed the rest of your trip. Hopefully that makes sense. It was no different here. We were staying at the Limon Hostel uh, in the south of Buenos Aires. The people there were absolutely incredible. We ended up staying there for a week. We hadn't planned on doing so, but we ended up staying there for a week. There was an Australian couple uh, called Mark and Jess. Spoiler alert again, we'll meet them in a few more places down the line. And they were barbecuing, they were on a world tour, but they were doing a lot of barbecuing each evening because again, everything was relatively inexpensive in Argentina at the time and pretty much everyone in the hostel had taken advantage of Dollar Azul. So they were barbecuing. There was a few Chileans there as well who again, enjoyed their wine, enjoyed their meat, enjoyed their barbecuing. There was a massive patio, outdoor patio area. And there's a few Argentines there as well they were traveling their own country and, and mixed with a few other people but there's about 10 or 12 of us that really bonded over the week which was absolutely fantastic so rather than going out each evening you know hitting the bars clubs etc we found that a lot of a lot of time was actually spent in the hostel because the the ambiance shall we say was incredibly brilliant just sitting down with wine food having a laugh you know no one getting ridiculously stupid or, or too drunk or anything like that. There was good vibes, basically, throughout the whole state. And that's what made Buenos Aires very good as well. But after getting all the dollars all, we knew that we were, again, we're in the south of Buenos Aires, staying in the San Delmo district, which is famous for, Argentina's famous for the tango, but this particular area is very famous for, for tango as well. And I'm not talking about the drink. And we were quite near to uh, La Boca, now, La Boca is a very colourful neighbourhood. As with most places in Buenos Aires, it's not the sort of place you want to be uh, travelling around at night. But it's also host to La Bombonera, or Boca Juniors Football Club. Uh, La Bombonera being the stadium that they play at. Incredibly intimidating stadium, to say the least. And rather than watch a game there, we, we, we thought about trying to find a game in uh, Buenos Aires, but we'll more on that in the next episode. But we thought... At least a stadium tour of Boca Juniors would be fantastic. Now, Argentinians are very renowned. They love their football. Most South Americans do, to be fair. But Argentinians especially. Buenos Aires is 
well, the city itself but and the state is a hotbed of football activity. I mean, there are so many different famous clubs. It's not going to rattle them all off here. But put it this way, everyone's a bit football mad, everyone's a bit football crazy, which is great. The Bombonera Stadium itself, uh, again in La Boca District, we went on a went on a stadium tour. That was about $10, something along those lines. And it was brilliant. Fair play to the guide, done it in Spanish and English. The club museum was also fantastic. A very successful team at Boca Juniors. There's a lot of trophies, a lot of things to look at, a lot of cool things to, to understand about the club as well. And we were going around the stadium and we we're on the stadium tour. And a couple of things that sort of got us were number one, how much influence these ultras have. Now, I wasn't around for football hooliganism in the 70s and 80s, the hardcore fans in the UK, bits and pieces like that. I'm not condoning what they've done, blah, blah, blah. But the, these ultras seem to have a different you know, influence in different countries. They, and the tour guide is pretty much saying that these ultras pretty much run the club one way or another. You know, you want tickets, speak to the ultras. You want to chat with this, speak to the ultras. You want to do this, deal with the ultras. That concept's crazy, uh, in our opinion. But the stadium was great. Uh, we'd met up with a German guy uh, who'd gone round uh, with us. And we, we sat there near the end. And wherever I go, whenever I say I support Reading, because you know, I like to test people's football knowledge, I always get laughed at. Or someone says, ooh. And it was no different there. We all sat down at the end. And the guy was explaining how Boca Juniors got their colours. Which is actually quite an interesting story. So Boca Juniors, if you don't know, they play in blue and yellow. They play in blue and yellow. The La Boca area of Buenos Aires is quite close to the um, Rio de la Plata, the River Plate itself. And there was a debate back in, back in the day of what colours should this new team play at? Or, sorry, what colours should this new team play in? In effect, what they decided to do was they would go down to the port, they would wait... And the first ship that came in that had the country's colours on, they would pick those colours for their football club. So the guys, girls, whomever, they were down at the docks. Not a lot going on, bit of a quiet day. All of a sudden, they see the ship on the horizon. The ship comes up closer. Bit foggy, so not able to see the flag just yet. The ship pulls into the docks. Lo and behold, it's uh, from Sweden. Now, if you're au fait with your flags, you'll know that the Swedish flag is yellow and blue. Voila, Boca Juniors play in yellow and blue. Uh, so they are taking after the flag of, of Sweden. So congratulations, Sweden, and you gave Boca Juniors their colours. Also at the end, the guy was testing our football knowledge, and he basically said, OK, so you know, La Bombonera, but what does La Bombonera mean you know, in English? Me being me, hand up straight away, said, means a chocolate box. Guy looked stunned. He said, hardly anyone knows that. So how do you know that? I said, I, I, like, I like my football me, I like my football knowledge. You know, I just know it. It's called the chocolate box. And then he went round and said, like, who does everyone support? And there was people, there was a couple of people. Oh, Bayern Munich. I think that the guy we were with, I think was Dortmund, if I'm not mistaken. Someone there with Bayern Munich, a couple of people from Milan, uh, AC Milan. Uh, Aaron says Liverpool going around looked up. guy took one look at me and I said read him nothing absolutely nothing uh, he just started laughing I think he said what division I said well, just below the Premier League so division one 
He said, never heard of them. He said, I guess someone's got to support them. The whole group was laughing. I laughed as well. But wherever I go, I, I kid you not, either no one's heard of Reading or, um, yeah, they just don't care. Uh, fun times. Anyway, football stadium done. Uh, the the Boca area is a fantastic area. Anyway, it's so colourful. Pretty much every building is, is a different colour. Just what you'd expect from a maritime place anyway, in all honesty. Uh, from there, we went for the first of many fantastic stakes. Now, again, bear in mind we're on, we're on blue dollar here, so where we think, you know, going back to it rather than getting 13 pesos to a pound because of double exchanging, we were effectively getting 22 pesos uh, to a pound, which is great. So we went to this recommended steakhouse, I sat down, uh, we all ordered a, a, bu a butterfly steak. It was so tender, you can cut it with a spoon and it was only nine pounds, maybe 10 pounds. Absolutely delightful. Uh, the steak was as big as your face. Uh, absolutely gorgeous. Had the meat sweats as well. Nice bottle of red to go down with that. It was absolutely delightful. And talking of meat, we also then, a couple of days later, went out with uh, Mark and Jess, the Australians that we met at the hostel. Uh, we went out to a I think it's called a paradia, um, not a radizio, is a Brazilian, it might be called a paradia or paradisha. Uh, basically, it's a meat house. You go, you know, you go sit down, you then go up to the grill, you order your meat, your meat's cooked in front of you, put it on your plate, go back, maybe via the salad cart, job done. You can do that as many times as you want. Now, we, we followed up on a recommendation. We'd gone down to the, like, the, the harbour area or the river area, and we saw this, we saw this offer. And it was for, again, I think it's about 200 pesos, I think it was. So again, using the dollar rate, it's less than 10 quid. And it was, you know, all you can eat meat, fantastic. Salad bar, yeah, fine. Dessert, fine. And 1.75 litres of red wine. And we thought, that's great. That's cracking value. Uh, superb. Let's, you know, we're all hungry. Let's go and eat. So we've gone in, sat down. And uh, having a chat with Jess, and she said, look, guys, I think this is 1.75 litres for the table. I'm looking at it going, I think it's 1.75 litres per person, you know. I, I really do. Anyway, we'd all got our first plate of food. Uh, waitress had come across, and uh, we, we queried it. And we said, hang on a minute. Is it 1.75? Again, this is all in Spanish, bear that in mind. So, is it 1.57, is it 1.75 litres per person per persona, or, or por una mesa? Was that on a per persona? Per person. Woo! Incredible. Incredible stuff. Now, we didn't get wasted. There was no point. It, the, the wine was absolutely fantastic, as you would expect from Argentina. But my word, you know, I, I thought we had meat sweats in, in Foz del Guasu when it took us ages to walk back. But coming back to the hostel, we, yeah, all had meat sweats. We were completely full up. I think we all just got back into the hostel and just sat down and monged in front of you know the tv i think for the evening it was pretty brutal but fantastic value for money as well thoroughly enjoyed it other things that we've done we met up with a couple of people that we met in florianopolis uh, as well um, i ended up getting a lip ring done i've always thought it would be cool to to have one done and ended up having one done at a local market um, with thanks to the people that we met up with, which was good fun because the size of the needle would have freaked most people out. The guy that done it was very quick, very competent with what he was doing 
and they get this big fat needle just went straight through my lip and next thing you know walking out with a little bit of um i'm going to call it antiseptic or you know to heal your lip as well and a bit of a sore lip and it, you know, it's about two pound to get it done so that was happy days too other exciting things well, we, yeah we just went for really long walks as mentioned before on the on these travel episodes going for really long walks is probably the best way to have a look round without a shadow of a doubt and we ended up going to i think it was a recollector which is a very famous uh, not graveyard as such because i didn't really do graveyard mausoleum is probably the best word really 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 famous uh, mausoleum there in in buenos aires and yeah we just took a lot of a lot of really really long walks to be honest with you there were some interesting times we also went clubbing one evening uh, with Ewan who we'd you know spent some time with in Paraguay and we, we'd gone clubbing a couple of evenings which was fantastic like getting back at about eight o'clock in the morning was good fun which for us for us the English people UK people that's not the sort of thing we'd be used to culturally in Latin America and you know Spain and other places bits and bobs as well you're normally not eating until very late. You're normally not going out drinking until very late. You know, the party's only getting started, you know, really about 11, 12 o'clock at night. Whereas in, in the UK, it's completely different. You know, normally we're, you know, might be out till one or two o'clock in the morning if we're lucky, or you might be curled up in bed, or you might be hanging already. Um, or, or in the case of Paraguay, you might be stealing people's cake. So we've gone out clubbing after a few times and uh, that was good. So again, we were reviewing and he'd met a couple of girls and, you know, he's a bit of a, not womanizer, that's not a, the pleasant way of putting it, but he, he was a good good catch with the ladies. So we'd gone out and we we're, were all of us having fun and yeah, spent plenty of time out and about. The other good thing, apart from visiting the San Delamont market on the Sunday, I think it was, massive market takes over the whole town. And we were walking up and down and, you know, looking at all these artisan bits and pieces. And that was, uh, that was on the recommended things to do list and that was 100% absolutely fantastic if you're ever around there I'd recommend uh, checking out the San Delmo market for sure. We did manage to sneak a game of football in as well. A bit stupid to go to Buenos Aires between for, you know for a week and then and not try and see a game of football. Plenty of clubs to choose from uh, but we decided to go and see a team called Vela Sarsfield. Uh, they were playing a team called Lanús, who are from, I think, Buenos Aires State, if I'm not mistaken. And their stadium was, the Vela Sarsfield Stadium was in the complete opposite part of Buenos Aires. It, I mean, this was like traversing London, you know, going from extreme east to extreme west. It took a very long time and a couple of very, very long bus journeys. Now, we tried not to overplan this. Again, being Argentinian football, being English, we were a bit... Mm, bit concerned so again we said look if anyone asks us we're from Scotland you know just so it saves any you just don't know who's going to react in what way and all that sort of stuff we were trying to take a common sense approach the stadium itself complete opposite end of complete opposite end of town we knew roughly how to get there you know we took a we took a metro train somewhere uh, and then got on a, a bus and we just kept going until we saw the stadium and then we got off the bus the game itself was all right. I think Vela's won one nil uh, with a quite a late goal with memory serves correctly. Uh, it was a good experience. It wasn't a busy. It wasn't a busy stadium. 
uh, Vela Sarsfield aren't, you know, a ridiculously well supported club anyway. But it was a good game and it was, uh, you know, a good experience nonetheless. What was also good fun was trying to get back. So we, we tried not to over plan getting back at all. We just said, look, we know where we've got to go. You've just got to keep going east. The minute you hit the Rio de la Plata, you, you know, you know you're at the river. We'll figure it out. Not an issue at all. I remember the journey back was quite entertaining. We got on a couple of buses. It was pitch black. We didn't really know where we were going. We kind of had an idea. Uh, but again, go back to one of the golden rules of traveling. Always look like you know where you're going. And because we looked like we knew where we were going, you know, it turned out to be, it turned out to be absolutely fine. It took us a few hours to get back. I think we ended up in, you know, the north part of town uh, at the end. And we just took a big, massive walk uh, down the um, Avenida Nueva de Julio, uh, the 9th of July Avenue, which is actually apparently one of the widest roads in the world. Uh, it can have a great game of Frogger there if you really wanted to. Go check it out on Google. It is ridiculously wide, that road. And we got back to the hostel okay and yeah, no issues there. But it was good fun to, again, little things like that, just go with the flow. You know, kind of know that you've got to get back, kind of know where you're going. But again, going back to golden rule of traveling, always look like you know where you're going, even if you don't. Always look like you know where you're going. Don't be one of those people that's always stopping, looking at your phone, getting a big map out. You just create yourself, you, you know, you, you make yourself a target unnecessarily. Always look like you know where you're going. And we've we done a decent job of that. And that was about it for Buenos Aires. Uh, the only other thing of note was the uh, Reserva Ecologica um, the ecological reserve, I was trying to think of the translation there, the um, ecological reserve, the ecological park, which was again partly in, in the Rio de la Plata. It's a fantastic walk, uh, it takes a couple of hours if you're really taking your time, if you're a bit of a twitcher like Aaron, you're looking out for all the birds. Definitely recommend walking around there, it's absolutely superb. Uh, we ended up with a, after having a walk around there, we ended up getting a, a bocadillo, a sandwich from the uh, you know, local sandwich cart that was in the park. And again, dollar result, turned out it was about two pound, two pound 50, steak sandwich. My word, that filled us up for the day. Incredible sandwich. I'd go back there to have one of those sandwiches. And got to give a, a bit of a hats off to uh, a pub called the Gibraltar, uh, which was uh, around the corner from the hostel. So whenever people got a bit bored, you'd end up just going around um, having a few pints of Kelmes or Kilmes, fantastic lager, beer, whatever you want to call it. And, and again, interesting, you know, we'd normally be at the pub, some of us are at the pub during the day, but sometimes you're at the pub, seven, eight, nine o'clock, maybe 10 o'clock in the air, everyone's getting, you know, a bit merry. In Argentina, I kid you not, this pub didn't even open until 10, half 10 at night. A couple of nights we ended up staying there till, uh, I don't know what time o'clock in the morning, um, but it was one of those where it was light, on the way out so always a good evening relatively inexpensive as well so yeah hats off to the to the Gibraltar there for hosting us on many many an occasion and that was Buenos Aires we knew from there we had to or we wanted to head down to the tip of what well, the north tip of around the Patagonia region uh, we'd heard about uh, a couple of peninsulas down there we wanted to go to we had no intention of going all the way down to the bottom, so like the uh, Tierra del Fuego, uh, you know, Ushuaia and Falkland, that sort of stuff. We had no inclination of going down there. We had no winter clothes, 
it didn't interest us at the time. So we had to figure out how to possibly get down to a place called Puerto Madryn. And that is where we're going to pick up the story next week in a, a wonderful part of Wales in Argentina. Hasta luego.